You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. We all agree that the Sacramento Kings have to improve their roster this offseason. But in order to make the playoffs next year, does that require a drastic improvement like the addition of a star or fringe all-star, or would minor moves suffice? Regardless, there are some names out there that are enticing to say the least, as well as some names that would check some of those star, fringe star boxes that come with plenty of risk. One of the biggest of those names is Kristaps Porzingis, who might be on the outs in Dallas. On today's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Nick Angstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast. We're going to talk about the availability of Kristaps Porzingis, what's really going on with him in Dallas, and we'll talk about hypothetical trade packages. What is the value expected for Zingis in Dallas? It's all on today's episode of Locked On Kings. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This concluded season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I know what some of you are thinking. Probably the majority of you are thinking, why in the world are we spending time talking about Kristaps Porzingis? He does not seem to be the best fit in Sacramento. He is very overpaid, at least in a lot of opinions. Uh, he is injury riddled or has been for the majority of his career. If the Kings are going to make improvements, they can certainly do better than Kristaps Porzingis, especially for that price tag. I get that. But before you completely cast your judgments, let's get an idea of who Kristaps Porzingis is, why he has struggled in Dallas, what makes him overpaid, and at least get an idea of what it would cost the Sacramento Kings to acquire a talent like Zingas. No, he certainly isn't the sexiest name in the world, but he could bring a lot of good to Sacramento. He could be a difference maker here. And Monty McNair has wanted to put the Kings in position to potentially cash in on trades for talented players who are on the outs from their current team. Let's hear what Nick Angstead has to tell us about Kristaps Porzingis. Sacramento Kings general manager Monty McNair says he wants to be aggressive this offseason, but does aggressive mean a swing for the fences move trying to acquire a all-star, former all-star, or fringe all-star? There are names out there that could be available, enticing names, and then there's one name that maybe was enticing not too long ago, but I've seen the majority of the Sacramento Kings fans turn their nose up at and that's Kristaps Porzingis. Here to tell me a little bit more about the Porzingis situation is the host or one of the hosts of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. It is Nick Angstead joining me. Nick, welcome in, my friend. Welcome to Locked On Kings. Uh, I look forward to chat, uh, chatting some Zingas with you. I'm, I'm glad that I waited until Dallas was out of the playoffs so I didn't feel as bad talking to you. I like how you put there's some appealing options and then there's Kristaps Porzingis. I feel like that's an apt way to put it. 
Well, so I'm not as low on Porzingis as I think the general public is right now. And what I'm trying to figure out, which is going to be my first question to you, is after teams are eliminated from the playoffs, especially teams in the opening round that may have had higher expectations like the Dallas Mavericks, you immediately look for what's wrong and there's something to blame here, right? And I saw you did a a recent podcast talking about, is it Rick Carlisle? I know there's plenty of buzz around just Kristaps Porzingis in general. But these rumors, these conversations happening on a national level about Zingas being unhappy in Dallas and potentially the Mavericks wanting to move on and try something different, a different partner for Luka, how much smoke is there to that fire? I think there's definitely some smoke there. Now, if that smoke is coming from a bonfire or like a grease fire or something like that, I'm not 100% sure. It does seem, though, that there are some questions for sure. There's questions on can Christoph Porzingis live up to being that star that the Mavericks need next to Luka Doncic. Is he going to be worth that $33, $34 million he's getting paid each year? The answer to that is at this point, no. Now there's a couple of big, huge questions for Porzingis and for the Mavericks, and they have to answer these. And they kind of have to answer them quick because this offseason they have max cap space, and this is the last time before Luka signs a massive, massive extension that they're going to have that. So they have to make some of these big decisions quickly. But Christoph Porzingis is going into this offseason for the first time healthy since he's come to Dallas. He got hurt. He, he made the all-star team. What was that? 2018 or 20, 2017. And he makes the all-star team. Then he gets hurt. He's out the rest of the year. And then he gets traded. He stays out the whole rest of the next year, traded to Dallas, stays out a little bit more, tears the meniscus, gets that, you know, surgery on that. And he was late on the surgery for that because he thought the season was going to start in February or March this past season. So it's all just been kind of pushing back. And so he came into this season just rehabbing and trying to catch up, trying to play catch up all year, it seems. And at the end of the season, Rick Carlisle said that KP looked as strong as he's looked. Rick Carlisle has also been really, really complimentary of KP and the way that he's played and the way that he's uh, adapted to the role that they've asked him to play. So I'm a little skeptical about how much praise he's getting from Rick Carlisle, especially publicly. So I'm I'm interested to see exactly what that means. If he's just trying to boost him up, if he's trying to, uh, you know, give him a little boost to the public, but I think going into an off season healthy for the first time is going to be really good for him, but what kind of player can he still be? He's not a guy that can get a shot for himself. That's been something that's been really frustrating for a lot of Mavs fans. He is an elite floor spacer. He is, he's still, even shooting like 34% sometimes. And I think he actually shot pretty well from three, this year, 37 or something, but even shooting not that well during a game, he still brings out big men. He still brings out defenders all the way out to like 30 feet. He can really hit from, from long range. And so that space means a lot to some people. It it actually is one of the reasons why he was still playing in that Clipper series because he was bringing so much space. The defensive end of the floor is brutal, just absolutely brutal. He's a pretty decent help defender, uh, in the Mavericks zone, they were playing against the Clippers. He can kind of get to some spots and knows where to be. But as a rim protector, he cannot be your only guy. He just cannot be the only rim protector out there. So a lot of questions about Porzingis as a player, how willing the Mavericks are to get rid of him at this point. The value seems so low. So I'm not sure that they're super willing to get in there and just deal him for nothing. They have to get something back for him because they can't waste the asset. They just can't waste that talent. And so it'll be interesting to see. I think that they will find a trade for him. Just seems from all the, all the smoke, like you said, all the talk throughout the year, the way that Porzingis was talking about how he was used at the beginning of the season to then going into the playoffs and then in the playoffs, the way that he just seems so content to just play the role and be okay was such a stark contrast for us 
that it seems like there is some kind of deal there where they're like, okay, we're going to send you somewhere else. And then, and then we'll see what happens. It is time for another ultra moment of the Sacramento Kings season presented by Michelob Ultra. The first ultra moment was all the way back in opening night. Buddy Heald's game winner when the Sacramento Kings defeated the Nuggets in Denver to start the season 1-0. and The second moment we're going to point out is all the way at the end of the season or near the end of the season back on May 5th when Marvin Bagley torched the Indiana Pacers for 31 points and 12 rebounds in 35 minutes, shooting 59% from the field. It was a showcase game for Marvin coming back from an injury hiatus where not only was he off the floor, he was away from the team. Now, unfortunately, Bagley would only play a couple more games this season after that, but it was a good reminder of how much talent and potential Marvin still has, and he might be heading into his fourth season in the NBA officially, but in terms of games played, he's still just in year two. Taking all the context of Marvin Bagley's struggles in his NBA career so far, that game itself brought me joy, happiness, and enjoyment, just like Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And we can all agree that with the frustrations that Bagley has faced, off-the-court issues as well as injuries, the joy of the game is what's carried him through. And it's the joy of the game that will hopefully deliver more of these 30-plus point performances for Marvin, hopefully for Sacramento, going forward. Just another Michelob Ultra moment from the season. Today's episode of Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You don't have to watch these NBA playoffs by yourself, even if you're team like the Sacramento Kings is not in the playoffs join an NBA playoff locker room and you can enjoy insight from insiders or just conversation with your common NBA fan I'll be joining the app soon and we'll be launching a locked on Kings locker room so keep an eye out for that go download the free locker room app now currently available on all iOS devices also in beta on Android create a profile link your Twitter and join the NBA group for the latest league updates I'll be sure to let you know when the locked on Kings room is live download the locker room app today locker room changing the way we talk sports i promise you this is not intended to be a hate on luka Doncic type question you know my my bitterness and jealousy when it comes to no you don't need that you don't need you don't need luka you don't need all that not at all not at all i got a music video and everything that says so but uh i i do have questions about what is the right fit for a partner for Luca, and I, I know Kristaps Porzingis has not played up to the level that that certainly his contract demands and and what fans were expecting. But I'm trying to figure out, and I had a conversation about this with a, a couple of friends and colleagues of mine here in Sacramento, trying to figure it out. You could give better perspective than all of us. What in your mind is a right fit type player next to Luka Doncic, and can Kristaps Porzingis be that? I guess at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think that he's the, the right type of player we thought possibly he could be. But I think one thing we've been asking for all season is a secondary creator, somebody that can step up. 
and can be that guy. They've they tried Jalen Brunson out a little bit with that. And during the regular season, Luca and Brunson played together really well. Brunson closed a lot of games for the Dallas Mavericks over Josh Richardson, over some of these other guards. And so a guy like that, that can make another play that can create for himself, but Luca has to be able to trust that guy. And I don't think they've had a guy like that, uh, that Luca can trust to just give him the ball and to go make a play. And so somebody like, I mean, just throwing out names like a Drew holiday, a CJ McCollum, a Kem, you know, maybe a Kemba Walker when he's healthy, like just uh, somebody like that. The Mavericks actually went after Kemba Walker before he went to Boston. And if Al Horford hadn't left Boston, Kemba would have been a Maverick. And so Somebody like that to take some of the pressure off Luca to carry the offense when Luca's off the floor. Because if you saw in the playoff series, the Mavericks are actually positive while Luca was on the floor in the entire series against the Clippers. And when he was off there, like a negative 53 in all the minutes that Luca didn't play, it was just a huge contrast. So they need someone like that, someone to be able to, to carry the load offensively to play, make a little bit and so that Luca can play off of. So gut feeling, are big changes coming to the Dallas Mavericks this offseason, or is this propped up to be one of those offseasons where there could be a lot of changes, but ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's relatively quiet for a team who already has their established superstar? Yeah, the big change is, rele- is relevant, right? Like relevant to a big change for us would be like if Donnie Nelson is out, that'd be a massive change for, for Mavericks fans, sure. but I don't know if that's a massive change for people outside of, you know, that, like I... the the Kings, how many GMs have they had in Donnie Nelson's tenure? Like maybe a hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was unnecessary. You didn't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and so a change like that could happen. I think uh, a, a Porzingis trade is a little unlikely to me, but I would not be surprised if it happens. So uh, they do need to make some kind of move. They need to add some type of talent because they have this cap space. It's going to be the last time they're going to have it for a while, especially if Porzingis is still on the roster. So they still have to make some kind of move, I think but we'll see what it is. I do think something something decently big will happen, but it depends on what you think is big. <laughs> I don't know how similar these situations are. Certainly, Kristaps Porzingis is far more established in my mind than, than Buddy Heald is, but the Kings are in this situation with Buddy Heald where they have an elite shooter, an elite talent. He's overpaid. He doesn't seem to be as much of the Kings' future as he was when Vlade gave him that massive contract. There's certainly question marks about him, but the Kings don't want to just move on from him. And even if it gets his money off the books, they don't just want to move on from him for rags in return because he has that elite skill that you know can be valuable somewhere in the league itself, especially after you you watch Bogdan Bogdanovich walk for nothing and now uh, he's doing what he's doing in Atlanta. Is that something kind of similar with the Dallas Mavericks to where they'd love to move Zingas and get that money off the books and use that money to then find that ideal partner for Luka Doncic, but they don't want to sell low on Zingas because of his talent? I think that's where fans are. The Mavericks are really close to the vest on all this kind of stuff. So I don't know if you're going to get a direct answer from this is what the Mavericks are thinking. This yeah. is what the Mavericks are going to do. But I think, you know, fans and from my perspective, I think that I think that they, sh- they probably should move on because it just doesn't seem like it's going to work. How long can we do that? Well, if only KP did this, if only KP did this, if only he, you know, maybe it's this off season, he's able to have a healthy off season, get into the season healthy. And it's finally the, the season where he looks really good. Now we're, we're also only like a year removed from him looking incredible in the bubble and shooting the ball really well. He scored 38 points in game three when Luca was out in the fourth quarter with an injury against the Clippers. Now that was a loss, but it was without Luca. He scored 38 points. Like he scored 12 in the fourth quarter. Like he's a guy when he's right, he can really score it. Now, is this just an off season for him this season? 
or was it, you know, is this the anomaly or is last season in the bubble, the anomaly? It's just, there's not a big enough sample size, which goes back to his biggest problem is availability. He's, he's missed 30 games each of the last two seasons because of different types of injuries and rest and all that kind of stuff all combined. So availability is, is, is huge for him. And so, yeah, it, it is, it is kind of a similar situation. I would say on different levels, Porzingis getting paid more. I think he's a better talent, uh, body healed, I think has probably a more elite skill than Porzingis with, with the shooting, I would say at this point, but with both of these players, I think there are parallels because you have to do something else, especially for a team that wants to win. If you're going to get paid that much, you have to do more than just one skill. We're starting to see a lot of these just straight up shooters mm-hmm. seem really overpaid at this point. Like Davis Bertans, another guy that, that shows up to me. He, if you're not hitting, if you're not hitting shots and all of a sudden you're kind of useless for your team, right? Like if that, if that isn't going down, if it's just an off night for you, which can happen law of averages, then all of a sudden you're pretty useless for your team. And that kind of happened to Porzingis as well. I'm sure it happens to Buddy Heald at times, happened to Davis Bertans in the playoffs. Like all these guys, like at least a guy like Joe Harris can put on the deck a little bit. He can do a couple other things. He's an okay defender. There's a couple of other skills that he can bring. And it helps that he's playing with freaking like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. He's open shots all day long. But yeah, I think with some of these just just pure shooters, it is there is they're sort of being exposed a little bit. The stress of daily life has an impact on all of our bodies. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who's just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60 percent deeper than vibration alone. These tools are used by professional trainers in the NBA across professional and collegiate sports, but you don't have to be an athlete to benefit from Theragun. Get one for yourself if you have shoulder tension working at the computer all day like I do. Maybe you're a recreational golfer and your lower back hurts at the end of the round. Theragun works wonders. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Shapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers like me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Again, that's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. And while you're at it, make some money on BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Cash in on these NBA playoffs. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA action. Before tip-off, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Of course, they have the normal game bet lines which you can cash in on but check out the prop bets as well for each and every single game it's an extra way to have fun and add some stress tension enjoyment or if nothing else it gives you more incentive to follow along don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the nba finals use promo code locked on when you head to their website and sign up today you'll receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at ben online your online sportsbook experts So I'm trying to gauge the value of what a hypothetical trade conversation between 
the Sacramento Kings and, and Dallas Mavericks centered around Kristaps Porzingis would look like. So I have a couple of packages that I've come up with just off the top of my head here. Financially, I don't know if they work out to a T, but it's going to be relatively close. And basically, I want to get kind of a gauge from you of the, the Mavericks laugh and hang up the phone. They consider it or they absolutely make the deal. And the first package, I think I know the answer to this one, but the first package, financially, I do believe it works out, is a combination of Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley going to Dallas for Kristaps Porzingis in return. Interesting. I'm checking it. Yep, it's success money-wise. So Marvin Bagley, man, like that would be so wild because of all the just crap he's right? taken for right? being taken before Luca. But I honestly think that Luca and Bagley would work really well together. I always thought, even throughout the whole draft process, that Marvin Bagley was a like a souped-up Dwight Powell. Uh, and Dwight Powell is incredible as a roller in the NBA. And I think Marvin Bagley's better than him obviously there's a lot of other skills he has he can rebound all the all those other kind of things but I think a pick and roll partner like that for Luca would be really really interesting the, the thing about those two guys for for the Mavericks is and I think they would say no to that deal mm-hmm. but the reason why is they need somebody to can play right now the window has been moved up so quickly for the Mavericks they went from like a 30 win team in Luca's rookie year to all of a sudden they just took the Clippers who are, are title contenders to seven games. Like it, it all of a sudden their title window has already opened. Yeah. So I think they need some veterans there. They need some guys that can, can contribute right away. And I don't think buddy and Bagley are those two guys. Well, this probably makes the, uh, the, the next package then a, a pretty <laughs> easy answer, but let's say the Kings tried to up the ante, assuming they really wanted Porzingis or thought he was really available. Let's say the Kings attach this year's draft pick, assuming it's going to be in the top 10 uh, to that deal for uh, Zingas and then like a lottery protected future first who cares where it is uh, in the future does that spice up the pot at all or is it still the same thing if the if the Mavericks are losing Zingas they're trying to bring in an established talent that's going to help win now are the players still Buddy Heald and Bagley I assume so unless and, and that's a great opportunity for you to if you were like running the Dallas Mavericks or trying to figure out what the Mavericks would do in this point who would they go after from the Sacramento King I mean it, it, obviously De'Aaron Fox is definitely a name up there I don't think the Kings would would ever move on from but are there other names on this roster currently that the Kings could trade that you could swap in that makes things a little more interesting for Dallas that's what I'm trying to gauge here yeah, right. Uh, the Harrison Barnes one is really interesting, right? Because the, the, Mavericks moved, the Mavericks moved on from him, and now it seems like he's the type of guy that they would really need. Um, that whole that whole situation is a what-if we'll probably do on Lockdown Mavs this summer, is what if they just kept him? Uh, could they have done some of the other moves they did that summer? Because they really didn't get – I mean, the Kings, what, they sent – Justin Jackson, who's now in with the Bucks now, explicably. I didn't really even know that until right. they, they were playing the other night in garbage time. And then uh, the corpse of Zach Randolph. Yep, and was sent in that deal. And the, were there the even hugest, picks? No, there weren't. No, the, picks. it was it was the biggest trade exception at the time because Mavs fans tweeted me about it every single day. Can we do this with the trade exception? Can we do this with the trade exception? <laughs> and then they didn't really do much with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Harrison Barnes was really interesting. Does he still have ill feelings towards the Mavericks? He tr- they traded him in the middle of a game, all that kind of stuff. He was really good to the organization. He was an upstanding, like perfect person <laughs> in the Mavericks organization. And then they just trade him out of nowhere for kind of nothing. And just, they just decided to move on from him. Would he be, you know, would he come back and be the same problems playing next to Luca? Uh, but that's the one player that really stuck, sticks out. The other one is is one we've talked about before, and that's Rashawn Holmes. Now mm-hmm. he's going to be a free agent. And so 
I don't know, if, uh, not sure 100% if they can combine and do a sign and trade or something like that. But Rashawn Holmes is the guy that Mavs fans are really interested in and a guy that I would be interested in too as a, as a center for the Mavs. So that's a perfect place to end because I was going to ask you that as the final question, but it being off topic from the Kristaps Porzingis conversation. Yes, of course, there are sign and trade possibilities, uh, but those get very complicated and are surprisingly a lot more rare now uh, than maybe they were a, a, a number of years ago. Um, yeah, but, they have to they have to be long term. I think they have to be three years and all that stuff too. So there's right. just some complications with it. So Rashawn Holmes to me still is an ideal fit center big in Sacramento. Uh, has had a lot of success. There's of course the argument. Well, for Sean Holmes is, is your starting center. You're probably not a very good basketball team. I like to push back against that a little bit because I think if Rashawn Holmes went to a place like Dallas, even if he came in initially as a a bench guy, I think fans would be surprised to see him competing for and potentially taking away a starting role unless he was backing up an established or, or, or star caliber player. But we don't. Know, the major question mark with Rashawn Holmes is what his his value is going to be. Because if he's affordable, I don't see the Sacramento Kings letting him go. But if a team like Dallas or another team out there that could use Rashawn Holmes throws the bag at him and Sacramento with their current cap situation can't match or is, is forced to make some major moves to try and match, they don't want to just spend all their money to be basically the same team that is probably capped in an eighth seed. So another hypothetical conversation for you, Nick, is what range, based off your knowledge of Rashawn Holmes and the cap space that the Dallas Mavericks have, what range of money could you see Dallas throwing or, or, or presenting to Rashawn? And I wonder if that number is too high for the Kings to go, man, we got to bow out. We can't afford it. Yeah, that's going to be really fascinating. I think that I, I think that the Mavericks have bigger needs than that center spot. Now, mm-hmm. if Rashawn Holmes was replacing uh, some of those Boban minutes, the you know, obviously all of the Willie Cauley-Stein minutes this season, it would be, I think it would be a, a different situation for the Mavericks, but yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to offer him that much more money. The Mavericks do have max cap space this summer. They also really have, have said that they want to re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. But if the Mavericks re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr. And then Rashawn Holmes, the rest of that cap space, like let's say they give him, you know, I don't know what, 10 million a year. But they're also giving, they also still have Dwight Powell in the book. So what are you going to do with him? Mm-hmm. He's going to have two backup centers worth, 20 million a year on your roster and then Porzingis if you still have him and it's just a really weird situation for them to be in so I'm not sure that they're going to pay too much so that he uh is going to be like that the Mavericks are going to outbid the Kings Uh, I went to I just went quickly to Bobby Marks he has this he has this thing called ProFit X which is like this uh this algorithm or something that guesses how much a player is going to be worth and uh Rashawn Holmes came out to 11 million mm. a year. Well, that's that's a lot more affordable than what we've heard. I mean, the asking price which all power to you Rashawn, but the asking price from his camp was like 3 to 4 years of 20 million dollars per year. I don't think he's going to be getting that, but some in Sacramento believe that he can get that. Uh there there's no way Sacramento would be able to afford that. My cap was 15 and even that felt like too much. So, who knows what Rashawn's going to go out and get? And the big man market is up and down every year, right? Nick, one year you'll see a big man get like 17 million and go, "How in the hell did he get 17?" And then the next year, you have pretty decent bigs that can't get above the league minimum so it just it's it's going to be a coin flip with this market just another bit of the chaos of this offseason yeah it depends on the market right depends on who has money in this offseason there's not a ton of really big name free agents they all kind of re-signed the Giannis's the Anthony Davis's the LeBron's the um you know guys like that Paul George I guess too and uh and then there's gonna be a bunch of teams with money so maybe somebody comes out and offers them a huge deal but 
we're starting to see in some of these playoffs, like you have to be a Rudy Gobert, a, a Jokic. Yep. Uh, you have to be one of those guys to even factor into some of these games. Zubats is just getting played off the floor by the Mavericks uh, and other backup centers just can't even see the floor. So it's really interesting where the center position is going. So I, Good luck. Good luck for Sean Holmes getting 20 million. I don't think it's going to happen. We will see what happens this offseason for both the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks. Hey, maybe they'll be partners in some kind of trade rumors or conversations. If that happens, Nick and I are, will be sure to have more conversations going forward. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time, my man. For sure. All right. Now that Nick is gone, you can yell and scream at me all you want about why Kristaps Porzingis would be a terrible idea here in Sacramento, would not work, and would set the franchise back another 15 years. Or maybe you're intrigued a little bit by Porzingis and think the Kings could get him for a fraction of his value. Maybe the 30 plus million dollars that he's being paid might not be a good deal in Dallas, but here in Sacramento, paired with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, he could be the missing piece to lead this team to the playoffs and maybe beyond. Whatever you feel about it, don't keep those feelings to yourself. Talk to me about it at Matt George Radio on Twitter, or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I want to hear your thoughts on Kristaps Porzingis in a Kings uniform, or if you want Kristaps Porzingis to stay on the other side of the country from Sacramento. On tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast, I look forward to the second Locked On NBA Network mock draft here. Where will the Sacramento Kings select as we have to go through another draft lottery and... Who do I end up picking? Some of you weren't too happy with my selection in mock draft number one. Do I stick with that choice? Did I move up to get a better piece? You'll have to listen and find out on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.